How we doing, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Blake Pace Podcast, NFL edition. We're here coming at you July 12th. Happy Thursday. We hope you're doing all well. Great news. We are just eight Thursdays away until the NFL season. Two full months, eight weeks. We got it. No problem. I'm going to help you get the way there. I got a lot of stuff planned for us today. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the recent news, some of the recent buzz from camps, what we've been hearing from some players. Um, I'm going to give you, you know, I had fun last episode doing my top running back duos for next season. I'm looking at the other side. We're going top pass rush duos for next season, so be sure to listen out for that. We're also going to do a season preview for the Denver Broncos. I'm excited to get started. Um, Any big news right now, we're kind of still switching with this. um, We're still sticking with this permanent formation uh nba episode early in the week nfl episode later in the week i'm hoping to work with that just a heads up i'm gonna be on vacation until you know the middle of next week so we're probably gonna miss next week's nba episode um but i'll try and get that nfl one out on thursday or friday heading out to the great state of california gonna visit la tons of great things i'm, I'm excited for a great week i actually just got back doing a a, a great tour of Bristol's um, campus of ESPN. Had a day just going into the studios. Actually got to be in the NFL Live studio, sit in the desk where all these, uh, you know, Adam Schefter, Field Yates get to sit on a daily basis. So that was amazing. Um, met a lot of great guys. And actually the day before that, I worked at a uh, scouting camp for Cornell football. Had a great time with their coaching staff. Met some great other coaches. Brought in some great uh, high school talent. So uh, had a great week. Going on vacation, it's a, it's a good time of the summer before I get back into school, and uh, now I'm going to cut all the bullshit, we'll get talking about football, let's dive into our topics for the day. So the biggest piece of news that I've got coming out is we've got a lot of talk surrounding Tyrod Taylor for next season, a lot of guys on the offensive uh, you know, roster expecting Tyrod to be the starting quarterback next year, they say he's looked great in camp, meanwhile... Everyone's kind of silent on Baker Mayfield. We're a little mum on the first overall pick from last year's uh, NFL draft. And that's not to say that it's been bad. It's just, you know, Tyrod, as I said, you know, weeks ago, months ago. Tyrod, I expect to be the starting quarterback next year for the Browns. But it's been a little shocking that we haven't really had someone come out and be like, yeah, Baker, he's the future of this organization. We're all just pumping the brakes on that. And, you know, the talk is Tyrod in the now um, and like I said, I've, I expect a good year from Tyrod Taylor. Um, I think that this is the best OC he's ever worked with. He has some of the best weapons around him. Of course, you know, in his Buffalo days, he had LeSean McCoy. But wide receiver-wise, I think, you know, Jarvis Landry in the middle of the field, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman on the outside, David Njoku at tight end. He's got a ton of weapons to work with, a good offensive uh, game plan to approach with. And so, I, you know, I... I don't want to, like, this is kind of just like an I told you so moment, but it's also interesting because we haven't heard anything from Baker. And you look at the other uh, rookie quarterbacks from their camps, Josh Rosen 
is, you know, ready for revenge and he's, you know, a smart guy. He's blowing the defense away. Lamar Jackson is making guys on the sideline scream, oh shit, every play. Sam Darnold, uh, Josh McCown just came out and said some great things about him and Josh Allen. Everyone's raving about him in Buffalo. Everyone is mum on Baker. And, you know, it's making me a little cautious. I know in the offseason we tend to talk about things and maybe overhype things too much. So maybe I'm playing into it and just talking about this way too early um, and I need to pump the brakes on myself. But it's a little intriguing to see that, you know, we haven't had guys come out and say, man, Baker's really been killing it. Everyone's focused on Tyrod. And, you know, I I expect Tyrod to win this job. Um, I would be shocked if they went with Baker, uh, you know, week one. But with the way things are rolling, it's a little, you know, I'm a little hesitant for Baker's career in Cleveland because, like I've said, Browns come out and they have a good season. That win total bumps up to that 5-6 range and Tyrod has a, a great first year. I don't see how I'm moving on from him yet when you just had probably the most successful season from the Browns in the last 5-6 years. So then you're you're sitting your number one overall pick on the bench again for the second season, and who knows if Tyra continues to improve, what happens afterward. Um, it's a little nerve-wracking to see that. Um, we're going to flip to the other side of things. Positive for another rookie quarterback, like I mentioned earlier, Josh McCown. Uh, Jets have the right guy in Sam Darnold. Uh, Josh McCown has spent his time, his career, around some pretty abysmal quarterbacks, uh, just even with the Jets, Bryce Petty, Christian Hack. Uh, you know, everyone's been raving about Sam Darnold as a person. Um, my, I, I wasn't high on Sam Darnold out of the draft. I don't think um, what he does on the football field is anything magnificent. I think that he's got, you know, um, you know, he works better outside of the pocket than inside. Uh, he, you know, is a turnover machine, but he has the right approach. He's the, you know, the face of the franchise that everyone wants in front of the podium, says the right things, has a great personality, a winning attitude. Um, and this is kind of just what Josh McCown is saying. You know, he's been around some guys that might have better talent on the field, but, you know, aren't really fit for the organization. Josh McCown is up out here saying we have the right guy in Sam Darnold. So that's, you know, some positive reinforcement. Of course, it's going to be an interesting um, to see how he works out with Teddy Bridgewater and McCown by the end of training camp into the regular season. I also expect him to kind of sit on the bench a little like Baker, but at least we're seeing some positive things being said about Sam Darnold where, like I said, everyone's been mum on Baker and it's a little concerning. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see as we progress into training camp towards preseason, regular season. Hopefully we, you know, hear some guys starting to praise Baker, his work ethic, stuff like that, because right now it seems like the team is just focused on Tyrod and that's okay. But, you know, like I said, the Jets should be focused on McCown or Bridgewater, but they're still finding their time to talk about how Darnold is the future of the organization. Next piece of news, we're going over to the NFC North, where a former Super Bowl champion sees the beginning of a dynasty in Chicago. That's right. Trey Burton. Formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, the 26-year-old tight end uh, sees a lot of similarities between where he just came from, that Super Bowl-built culture, and uh, this up-and-coming Chicago team. Um, Quote, we were picked to finish last place in the division last year in Philly. Uh, There were a ton of similarities. You look at Philly two years ago, the majority of our games were lost by less than a touchdown. If you look at Chicago last year, there's a good amount of those games that they lost. It's just about getting over that hump. You have to be able to win close games There are so many small details that happen in order for you to lose those games. Um, 
And, you know, talking about the reasons that he went to Chicago, uh, Matt Nagy was listed, Mitchell Trubisky, um, you know, a, a lot of great reasons to move into this up-and-coming Chicago, uh, new head coach, a young quarterback. He sees those similarities, a young defense with potential at all three levels, a strong offensive line, a good running game. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, Chicago is the next destined Super Bowl champion of, you know, going from first to worst in the division. Um, but, you know, like I've said in my season preview with the Bears, they're going to be a lot better than, um, you know, teams or uh, fans will think. The win-loss column is not going to be great for them, but the steps that they are going to make, they're going to look like a complete roster. Um, of course, that everyone in the NFC, I've, I feel like I'm a broken record. I say this every episode. Teams in the NFC are going to finish at, you know, 6-10, and 10, and you're going to think, man, pretty bad season for them. But, you know, they probably could have beaten half the teams in the AFC. It's just that their conference is so competitive. Wins are so hard to come by. A team like the Bears, who I think has a ton of potential, is going to finish in that 6-10, range. And, you know, a lot of people are going to look at that as a failure of a year. But really, it's, you know, they've made massive improvements. So, uh, Trey Burton... You know, of course, you're going to hype up your team. You're going to hype up your new team after you're coming from such a, a great a great season in Philadelphia. You're a young guy. You want to build the confidence in that locker room. But I actually, you know, I trust what he's saying here. I see it too. I think Chicago has a bright future in the next few years. And, um, you know, hopefully they, you know, Trey Burton's words can inspire some of the guys in the locker room to make those steps sooner uh, rather than later and making us wait for it to happen. So, like I said last episode, I had a lot of fun talking about the top running back duos for next season, and I looked at the defense. There's a lot of great pass rush duos um, for the upcoming year, um, but I think there's a pretty clear top five heading into next season, so I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to look at number five, and this one you know, has potential to be a lot higher, um, but injuries and question marks about age holding them back for now. That is the Houston Texans. J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. Of course, you all might think I'm way too low on these guys, but, you know, the teams four through one either have at least one guy who has, you know, consistently been on the field and been at the top of, you know, his game or both um, consistently being there as well. Uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney, a freak athlete, one of the top edge or rushers at the position. Um, also, you know, had a, a good season last year. Um, looking at the other side, JJ Watt, I just got to see him healthy on the field. You know, he'll go down as the greatest Texan, uh, to play football by the time he hangs up his cleats. But, you know, you look at the injury history and it's a little scary. You know, the two have been on the same team for four seasons now, and we haven't seen them both on the field for a full season. Watt had a, a great two years while, you know, Clowney was sitting on the sideline with his two injuries and then Clowney gets healthy and you lose JJ Watt to season ending injuries the past two seasons. Um, They definitely have the potential to be in that top three range. I just need to see them on a football field at the same time for a full season. Um, You know, they're really the true part of this Houston Texans defense too. Some of these other guys have, you know, talent at the other levels. Uh, The linebacking core in Houston, definitely shaky. And the secondary, you know, losing A.J. Bouye a few years ago, you bring in Tyrone Matthew um, this offseason. The pass rush duo of those two is significantly important for this team. Um, A lot of pressure should be on them. Hopefully they can stay healthy because, like I said, healthy top three pass pass rush duo in the league, undoubtedly. But 
I got to have them lower than that just because we we haven't really seen a full season of productivity from the combination of J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. Number four, and yes, I'm putting them here. You might not think it, but the duo of Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter in Minnesota is definitely a top five pass rush duo going into next season. Um, you know, the two really just fanned out at the end of last season, and that was, that was the biggest issue with Minnesota, is they lacked depth in the front seven, and, you know, those two were worked to their graves, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Um, unfortunately, you know, the numbers dropped significantly towards the end of the season, but if you look at their time together um, in Minnesota, they've combined for 265 tackles, 57 sacks, which is on average around 19 sacks a year. Um, And this is just since 2015. Daniil Hunter, of course, has only been with the organization since then. Um, Everson Griffin since the 2010 season. You know, Minnesota had in total one of the most complete defenses in football last year. Um, Like I said, depth really hurt them. But I like what they added in this past offseason. I think it's going to give more, um, you know, time to rest for these two on the edge, you know, give them some, you know, reps on the sideline, Uh, you know, hopefully they can sustain, you know, good health for the full season, stay fresh in games 15, 16 of the regular season. They're easily in the top five convo for uh, best pass rush duo in the league. And so uh, I got them at number four. And I think, you know, disagree with me if you want. The numbers are there. The production is there. The defense is good. And it starts up front with these two in Minnesota. On to number three, and this one is a bit of a a projection, but also, you know, I would still have this duo in the top five if it was, you know, last year's starter in place. Uh, We're going to Denver. We're looking at possibly the best edge rusher in football. Von Miller and what I'm assuming to be Bradley Chubb next year, the former uh, fifth overall pick of last year's NFL draft. Um, this two, these two should step onto the field as a top three duo in the league just because of Von Miller's talent, the potential with Bradley Chubb. And I'd still have them at number three, even if it was Shane Ray. Um, you know, you look at the two over the last three years, um, since Shane Ray was, you know, joined the Denver Broncos, they've combined for over 47 sacks. Um, we're looking at roughly over 205 tackles. Um, actually that's actually closer to 250, Um, After that's all added up, you know, one of the freakiest athletes at the position, the best defensive player in last year's draft, if you're going Bradley Chubb, Shane Ray, of course, has done a great job um, opposite Von Miller these last three years. Um, Either one, if you're going Shane Ray or Bradley Chubb, this is a top three duo. It has potential to be a top two duo by the end of the season. Um, If it is Bradley Chubb, you know, Shane Ray, I think if it's these two just staying here, I've got them stuck at number three for the season. I think that's where the, you know, the flat line here. But if it's Bradley Chubb and he's, you know, better than expected or even as good as expected, he could rise up to that number two spot. Um, Von Miller enough you know, makes them a top three contender. There, There's other top guys on here that you're not going to see in this list. You know, uh, I got a lot of love for Khalil Mack, but opposite him, um, you know, weighs it down a little too much for me. Von Miller, though, is good enough and has a great complimentary guy to be in that top five. Denver Broncos, third pass rush duo, third best pass rush duo heading into next season. Number two, and this is the freakiest defense in the NFL, probably the best defense on every level in the football, uh, in the realm of professional football. We're going to Jacksonville. We're looking at Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe. 
the my second rated pass rush duo heading into next season. Um, Calais, uh, despite getting older, is still putting up numbers. He had his highest sack total last year, 14 and a half. Also, you know, 47 uh, solo tackles, um, 20 assisted on. And then you look at Yannick Ngakwe in his first two seasons, has 20 sacks, including 12 last year, 30 total tackles. Um, you know, this defense is is unreal. They're, they're helped out by a great linebacking core with Miles Jack and probably the best uh, cornerback duo in Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye. But these two get it done up front. Um, they also benefit from a really deep, uh, front defensive line. They've added in the right pieces to keep these guys fresh the full length of the season. That's why you saw them battling out hard in the AFC Championship game. Um, you know, despite Calais getting older, I think he'll do just fine next season. And Yannick, you know, I expect him to even get better. He's only 23 years old. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit for, you know, him. And after, you know, coming off his first season as a pro bowler, um, there's so much so much excitement around Jacksonville's defense. Um, the division is getting a little bit tougher. Um, I've been extremely high on the Jacks for over a year now. Um, I'm a little skeptical about the win total next year, but you know we're not talking about that now. We're talking about this pass rush pass rush duo. Um, Yannick Ngakwe certainly has you know the talent to jump into one of the top pass rushers in football as he gets older. And fortunately, we're still dealing with. Uh, Calais, while he's in maybe the end of his prime, but still is in there. Um, great defensive system, really aggressive football duo. Uh, they're the second best pass rush duo in the NFL going into next season and are a force to be reckoned with for sure. And at number one, I hope it isn't a surprise to you. Um, it's the Los Angeles Chargers, the number one pass rush duo heading into next season. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram coming off the edge. There isn't a group that is, uh, you know, better, uh, more equipped to get to the quarterback, get around the edge. You look at, you know, Joey Bosa in his first two years, 23 sacks, including uh, 12 and a half last season. In his rookie year, he had 10 and a half in only 12 games. Um, you know, and he improved all of his numbers the following year, up to uh, total tackles from 29 to 54, 12 and a half sacks last year, um, you know, one of the brightest pass rushers in the league right now. Um, Got to be in consideration for top five pass rusher, given the fact that he is also still only 22. His birthday uh, actually just happened. So excuse me, he is actually 23 now. Um, and then alongside him, he's got pro bowler Melvin Ingram, number 54. Uh, you know, still, you know, what should be in the prime of his career right now. He just put up tied total for uh, sacks. 10 and a half, added in 43 solo tackles, had definitely his best season as a Charger. Um, this duo is, you know, legit. They are one of the hardest hitting duos in the league. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, in 2017, they combined for 23 sacks alone. They're young. Um, you know, Bosa can be that, you know, defensive MVP guy. Um for, you know, this upcoming season in the NFL. Um, they're also certainly one of the sneakier teams in the AFC. I know I will preview the Chargers uh, upcoming year later in July, maybe early August. But, you know, looking up and down the roster, um, it starts right here at the pass rush. They have, you know, Super Bowl potential definitely can be atop the AFC 
when it's all said and done, should make a, a lengthy run in the postseason. I like what they've done elsewhere to, you know, bolster up their secondary after losing Eric Weddle a few years back. Uh, the offensive line is getting repairs. Melvin Gordon is a bright young running back. Hopefully you can get Phillip Rivers into the Super Bowl uh, before his, you know, last few years. But it definitely starts on the edge. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are undoubtedly the best pass rush duo in the NFL. And it's funny, you got two, you know, my number one and three um, both in the AFC West, so a very competitive division. Of course, Jacksonville and Houston also in the AFC. So you got four of my top five pass rush duos um, in the AFC. And if you wanted to get my number six or seven in that consideration, just missing the top five, it's got to be Oakland, Khalil Mack, and uh, Bruce Irvin. I, you know, it's the reason I don't have him in there is just me being a little low on Bruce Irvin. But even if you take in my top six, three are in the AFC West. So definitely a competitive division in terms of pass rush. But that's my top five. Number one, LA Chargers, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Number two, Jacksonville Jaguars, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. Number three, Denver Broncos. Um, You know, whether you want to go with Shane Ray or Bradley Chubb opposite Von Miller. It's a top three duo. Minnesota Vikings, Everson Griffin, and Daniil Hunter. And the number five, uh, Houston Texans with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. We just got to see them on a field, healthy for a full season. They're easily one of the more talented duos when healthy. Something to look out for. But those are my top five pass rush duos heading into the 2018 season. And last up on the schedule for today, we're going to preview the upcoming season for the Denver Broncos. I know we just talked about their pass rush duo just a little. Um, We're going to preview the upcoming year for them. A little bit shorter of an episode today, uh, not as long as we're used to, but of course, you know, we'll we'll get back into the swing of things, get some longer episodes in the future, get some other interviews on here uh, talking about some teams. But for the Denver Broncos, a really interesting year, an interesting offseason. You know, last season, their biggest detriment to their team was the quarterback position. Um, Of course, offensive line was a little shaky. They had to figure out the running back position. But the biggest problem, Trevor Simeon, uh, you had Brock Osweiler on the roster as well, Paxton Lynch. None of them worked out, really, as the starting quarterback. And then they go and they bring in Case Keenum. And from what we're hearing, he has stepped in. He has been the dominant leader that that team was looking for. Um, Apparently, these other young guys weren't really, you know, taking charge ahead of the offense, really not getting the locker room together, uniting the team as they should. And apparently what we've been hearing early reports uh, from Denver is that Case Keenum is the guy. He is, you know, really taking charge, getting this team to buy in to them being contenders in the AFC. Um, of course, they've they've got the duo that we've talked about, my, you know, third favorite pass rush duo heading into next year. Um, you know, a lot to be excited for in Denver. But, you know, it, it's a tough division. Like I mentioned, the Chargers have Super Bowl aspirations. You know how high I am on the Chiefs and the Raiders. You know, I, I believe they're in a bit of a turnover year with, you know, switching John Gruden in there as head coach. I believe that there, you'll see, you know, kind of a rebuilding process for Oakland next season. But definitely a competitive division. I don't think it's you know, necessarily Denver has an easy win over any of these guys. And actually, the way I have their season playing out, 500 flat line eight and eight on the year um which you know unfortunately places them third in the afc west um you know at the end of the day the chargers and the chiefs both to me just either have more complete offenses 
or, you know, more complete teams in general. Um, you know, the, the Chargers, to me, are the most complete team in the division. Offensive weapons, a defense that backs it up. Um, Kansas City has one of the better offenses in all of football. And, you know, my high expectations for Pat Mahomes and what I think he can do, even in his rookie season. Their defense is a little scary to me, but I believe that their offense will reign supreme and really, you know, be able to beat up Denver a little. Um, Denver uh, definitely has a great defense. Questions on the offense. Like I said, Case Keenum is the leader, but we got to see production on the field. And running back is where I have the biggest concern. Um, There is a guy, though, that is rising up there, and I, you know, hope that he can work out. I'll talk about him in just a second. Um, So I've got them finishing third in the AFC West. That is eighth in the AFC. Um, You know, it's funny. We talked about the Cowboys finishing eight and eight uh, on last uh, week's episode. They finished 10th or 11th in the NFC. I can't remember where I had them at. Denver Broncos finishing eight and eight. That still puts them, you know, just missing outside the playoffs. Um, You know, it just speaks to how more competitive the NFC is than the AFC team MVP. You know, this is something I've always been talking about on each episode. That the team MVP is Von Miller. Um, you know, the best you know overall player on the team. He is one of the guys that can you know win an MVP award, win win MVP as a defensive guy. Um, definitely a top pass rusher in the league and the the anchor for this defense. Um, but then you know, I look at the defense also. I got some questions in the secondary. We move on from Akeem Talib. He is now. A, uh, a Ram in Los Angeles. We've got to fill some holes in the secondary and, you know, linebacking getting a little old. I've got some questions there too. Um, pass rush front four. I love it. I think it's going to be great, but I'm a little hesitant in that back, uh, you know, seven. So hopefully they can fill the holes the right way. Hopefully they got some young up and comers to fill that up. Um, and then on offense, I hate to call it, you know, my fantasy player for this team, but I'm going with Royce Freeman, uh, rookie running back from Oregon. I wasn't the highest on him coming out of camp, and I did scout all the running backs um, in this draft. Royce was more down in that 8-10 to 10 range for me as, as running backs went, um, but he is going to be given the opportunity to be the feature back in uh Denver, you know, my biggest knock on him was the amount of touches, reps, beatings that he took in Oregon. He really was fed the ball a ton, and that's great. He's got great experience. Um, you you can see that he can last over the course of a year, but in terms of, you know, what I look for in running backs, I want guys with fresh legs who maybe, you know, split carries, you know, like what we had in Georgia with Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, those guys, they all shared the football, so it's a less beating on them over the course of their collegiate career, so they can have longer NFL careers. So long term, I'm a little worried about Royce Freeman, but I think that he can be kind of the the, the go to fantasy guy for this team um, in what is you know kind of a poor running game. I don't look at the guys in that depth chart and think that any of them are going to really take snaps away from Royce. Um, he's my fantasy guy. If you want to look at the receiver position, of course, Emmanuel and Demarius are good options. They're going to have better seasons than we've seen the last few years because Case Keenum is there under center. Um, hopefully with Garrett Bowles coming back healthy, the offensive line will be back into shape. Um, and then, you know, rookie of the year, I'm not going with Royce. He's a good, he's going to be a good fantasy guy. I don't think he's really going to help the team win necessarily. A guy that can, uh, is Bradley Chubb. Of course, you know, my number one defensive guy in last year's draft coming off the edge, you know, him and Bradley Chubb, uh, teams are going to have to worry about this duo for years. 
Bradley Chubb is, you know, my favorite pick from their draft. I think he was the most safe pick um, on the defensive side of the football. I was surprised he lasted uh, till Denver at number five, excuse me, at pick five. Um, I thought Cleveland would have picked him up and paired him with Miles Garrett, but of course they went uh, secondary there with Denzel Ward. But um, in Denver, he's in a great situation. He's in a great, hungry defense. They know that they're, uh, you know, one of the better defenses in football. He's going to get his chance to shine. I expect him to start day one over Shane Ray. And, you know, he's going to make, you know, he's going to finish the puzzle to what will be a top three pass rush duo in the league. Um, You know, it's interesting because Denver is in this situation where an eight and eight season is good for Denver, um, you know, and their, their coaching staff, but it's not really improving anywhere on what they have built in, you know, the past few years. The biggest question was they had a full team, no quarterback, poor running game. They fixed the quarterback situation, but now because I believe the division is tougher and their schedule doesn't really play that nice to them, you know, they still finish at eight and eight. So it'll be interesting to see where Denver goes beyond this season. Um, I don't think that this is anything, you know, a fireable offense to go 500 on the season, but you got to start looking at, you know, the defense and some of the guys that you're paying a, a little too much. And you got to worry about finding, you know, other pieces, you know, get finding money to pay, you know, some offensive line talent or maybe a guy at the running back position because you do have a lot of money tied up in the defense. It's kind of like what we saw in Seattle this past year. And, you know, I think Denver is in a better situation than the Seahawks are. But, you know, they had to cut ties with Richard Sherman. They, you know, uh, Earl Thomas retired. They had to trade away. um Oh, who was their pass rusher? Defensive end, Michael Bennett. They had to trade him. You know, they had to just start getting rid of pieces so they could have money to actually help out their positions of need. Denver could be in that situation by the end of next season where you're looking, man, hole at running back, still holds at offensive line, need to, you know, find some fresh legs in the back seven of that defense, need to add depth in the front seven of that defense. Um, You know, an 8-8 and season isn't going to be a fireable offense for their coaching staff. But you would definitely want to see more given the talent on that roster, which is why I think that they're going to have to create some uh, cap flexibility after this next season. So just a quick recap on the Broncos. I do believe that, you know, a good season. They're moving in the right direction. They fixed the quarterback position. They've got a young running back in there. Um, they've got the best defensive player from last year's draft, but unfortunately a tough division, you know, not guaranteed a win against, you know, uh, the likes of the chargers or the Raiders or the chiefs. I got them finishing at eight and eight going 500 on the year. That's third in their division. Um, still eighth in the AFC, the team MVP, of course, to me is Von Miller. He's the best player on the roster. He's, you know, a game changer at the edge position, Fantasy player of the year to watch out for. I like the receivers. I think they're going to have a better year with Case Keenum under center. But the guy to get maybe at the end of your draft, Royce Freeman, um, I think will just be given a a great opportunity to be the feature back in Oregon. I'm a little worried about his career five years down the road. He's taken a beating in his college days, but the legs are still fresh enough now where I think he'll have a good season next year and what will be an improved offense all around. Rookie of the year, though, has got to be Bradley Chubb on the opposite edge of Von Miller. He's going to get a a bunch of opportunities while defenses are focusing on stopping Von. He's going to get a bunch of pressure on the other side, get to the quarterback. He sets the edge. He's the best defensive player from the draft. Definitely their rookie of the year. Um, Not the best season, not not probably the season they were hoping for, missing out on the playoffs yet again. Made some improvements, fixed the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, maybe there are some other pieces that will, you know, need to be adjusted next offseason, but not a bad uh, toll for Denver going eight and eight, definitely improving since last season.
With all that said, we've hit the end of this NFL episode of the Blake Pace Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed uh, the content we put out today. A um, little bit shorter of an episode. Definitely want to stay in that 40 to 50 minute range. But, you know, topics just went by quick for us today. Uh, like I said, going on vacation a little. So, you know, episodes maybe pushed back till the end of next week. Um, I hope you all enjoy the weekend. I'm getting an early start on mine. Make sure to give me that follow on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace. Um, I, I want to hear, you know, what you've been thinking about the show, what questions you have, anything you want me to talk about. I always appreciate and love the support. Uh, that will do it for this episode. We will catch you next week. Have a good weekend and take care, guys. I'll talk to you soon.